0: To the Shoe Money Podcast, Joseph White alongside Mr. Ryan Paulson, the Week Eight edition. Week Eight, Ryan, and we're still out here. Why?
1: Well, we got to talk about Week Seven, my man. Week Seven,
0: because because I mean, do we need shoe money anymore? I mean, you always need new shoes, but a major score last week. Um, that that uh, that Sunday night included game uh, turned very profitable. For your boy. Uh in a Man,
1: bleep Tyler Lockett.
0: I mean, it's so strange. So I'm 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 up for big money after the I guess what would traditionally be the main slate. With with one of my with, with one of my core teams, I'm up huge money. And all we got is the Sunday night game to go. And I'm just praying, praying for the low-scoring game. They, I'm looking for the Seahawks, Cardinals. 6-6 tie game, which you know they throw up once every couple of years, right? I'm looking for that low-scoring, just just disgusting game that those two can play. Instead, I get the exact opposite, and we go 37-34 in overtime with Tyler Lockett going for you know the greatest game anyone's ever had. Russ, DeAndre, Kyler, everybody's going off. All the dudes go off. So the team that's crushing... Going into Sunday night is just backsliding like crazy. But at the same time, I've got my main lineup that day with all those dudes piled in, just flying up from Thunder Deep in the tournaments. And we end up not the same cash, but with a spectacular profit.
1: Dude, kudos. The ROI was with you in a big, big way. Huge. And... The sweat turned into the anti-sweat, turned into the sweat, and that's a roller coaster right there. It
0: was, it was a lot. And I'm just in my house. My wife went to bed early, and I'm just in my house doing what you really shouldn't do, which is just just sitting there, Not just good. just refreshing, just refreshing, just refreshing, and watching. Bad, bad idea, because uh, it's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot emotionally. But we ended, we ended in a
1: good place. I'm happy for you. We've been grinding, and it was the big score finally. We had a big week. I ran the cash team that everybody else ran, and it profited everywhere, so that was great.
0: And we didn't even need C.J. Beathard to do it.
1: Nor Nick Mullins or Drew Stan. There it was. There it you know, was. You played good quarterbacks.
0: We did all right. We did all right. Uh, and now we arrive here at week eight. Um and it feels strange because, because I mean, technically we're. I mean, it's it's an odd week season, so what's I guess you know, the middle of this week will be will be the halfway point. Um, but, just you know, we're starting to get a sense more of the teams, obviously, but we're also starting to get some other factors coming in, like like this weather, um, that really for the first time, you know, a little little taste of it in Kansas City, Denver last week, but but not really. Um, but we're we're looking at rain and wind and and how that's going to affect uh, some of our some of our plays this week.
1: Yeah. So as of now, we're seeing the Vegas at Cleveland, Minnesota at Green Bay. Definitely going to have some strong gusts of wind, and that could ultimately impact a lot of the plays that we like. New Orleans at Chicago, same thing, but. I don't really think we're too heavy on the passing games there, but obviously Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the Cleveland Browns tight ends, all of the Vegas passing game might have to take a stronger look at that come Saturday and Sunday and see if that's actually going to be viable or if we just need to play guys that might be in a dome or just have better environments for shootouts.
0: Yeah, and that uh that, that makes that makes that complicates things. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, but specifically a- as I transition us into quarterback here, because while I think you can always this year we're sh- we're learning. I mean, I think we, we knew before, but um, you can always Russ Wilson. He's seventy eight hundred. He, he's the most expensive quarterback on the board. But his worst game of the season is twenty five points. If you're rounding up, um, so I and and they're coming off a loss. So I I think Russ cooks this week. I, I like him. Um, I'm sorry, second most expensive. I forgot about Mahomes. Um, but I really like Rodgers, and I really like Baker this week, or I, 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 I'm interested in Baker, um, because there's not a ton else quarterback wise. I like, you know, Rogers was, was somebody I really was looking at, um, probably was slated to be my main quarterback this week. And now, you know, I, uh, you, you obviously have to take, take him a couple pegs down with that weather and something you got to monitor um, but I'm finding – I'm struggling to find other places to go.
1: Yeah, so again, the weather is always uh, – on weeks like this will tend to drop some controversy about how much it will actually affect the games. And to me, it's not as much precipitation as it is wind, which is going to impact how accurate a quarterback to be throwing further down the field. But, you know, could Rogers still get three or four touchdowns and still get his way to 300 yards? Sure. You know, Minnesota's pass defense has been awful. They don't have a pass rush. they going to have all day to throw, so he's still fine. It's just, can you find guys who are going to have a little bit more upside that will not be impacted? Now, Mahomes has the Jets. They're like 20-point favorites. He could probably get 35 DraftKings points in the first half if they're all throwing, you know, if it's just throwing the ball. Yeah. So it's interesting. And the Seattle-San Francisco game has the highest over-under on the board since – Green Bay and Minnesota and Las Vegas and Cleveland have come down four and four and a half points, respectively, because of the weather. Mm-hmm. So I like these guys, but I'm also not really seeing a ton of value that I can get up to these guys and feel comfortable elsewhere. So yeah. I've been kind of focusing just going down and down and down and then trying to get up at other positions. But I like Mahomes. I think you're building a chief stack and just hoping that the outcome is that they slaughter them all by Mahomes. And with Wilson, I think you're hoping that San Francisco can keep it close and they don't just run the ball back and forth.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would agree on both of those. It, Russ, I, I like more in-division. Um, I think San Francisco has shown the ability um, to, to bounce back off their injuries and be feisty the last couple weeks, and... Um, you know, Seattle's defense is what Seattle's defense is. So I think Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to score some points and keep this thing close. So I like Russ. I like him over Mahomes because I do not think this is a Patrick Mahomes game. And I'll explain why uh, when we get to our next position group. Um, so Rodgers is there for me. You know, Lamar makes me nervous. Um, I, on one side, I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on him. So that rushing upside... Uh, I, I think it's certainly there, but I, I don't think this is a ceiling game for Lamar at 7,400. I think it's it's somewhere in the middle, and you just hope that that the rushing upside pays for itself, and it may very well because I think I think he's going to be running. But I I don't you know I don't see Baltimore as being really effective offensively in this game, but I could see Lamar picking up rushing yardage if that makes sense.
1: Definitely, I think it brings up his floor. And, you know, there will be a lot of pressure on him. And if he's forced to run and he can run effectively, I think he's a good bet for 20 to 25, but is he going to get you 30 to 35? I don't know about that. The rushing attempts haven't been there to get his ceiling up where we've been used to it the last year. So makes me nervous spending a lot of money on him, but look, he's going to connect for a big game eventually. It's just his price is not coming down to match his expectations so far this yeah. season, which not really interested in paying up for him, and same kind of goes for Josh Allen. He's been inconsistent over the past month. New England can neutralize threats on each team, and the threat is Josh Allen. Yeah, and it's but, a kitchen
0: sink game for for New England. Like they've they're throwing everything at this because because if they lose, it's. I mean, it's early to say it's over, but uh, it's curtain. Yeah,
1: and they're going to be without Julian Edelman. And cam has not looked very good. So if Buffalo is able to get a commanding lead early, you know, they, they do tend to throw more than most teams when they are playing with a big lead. But again, I question the ceiling. I'm looking for ceiling or I'm looking to get the same amount of production for cheaper. And last week's, one of last week's heroes, Justin Herbert got quite the price increase, $500 increase, which is not insignificant Mm -hmm. going to Denver Still a relatively tough defense. I don't see a lot of shootout potential here. He feels overpriced to me.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely overpriced. Definitely though, I think one of the quarterbacks I'm still looking at. Um, you know, 20 points is his worst game statistically um, this this season. He's averaging that. He's had a, I mean a monster game last week, but he, he's averaging 28 points a game. Um, and and Denver's defense isn't. Isn't Denver's defense right? I don't I don't think it's playing to the reputation that I think it's been carrying. Um th- th- While while not bad by any stretch, right? Just just not playing to what I think we all think they are. Um So overpriced, but still somebody I'm looking at. Um, and I don't know. Roethlisberger's maybe interesting. Six thousand six hundred. Goff against Miami, maybe that's just not a ton I like. Baker at 61 I was looking at um, but I mean this notion that he's really better without Odell I don't buy that. Um, I don't buy that the passing attack in general even if you buy that Baker's better. I I don't buy that the passing attack in general is better without Odell Beckham Jr. So um, you know that worries me. I just I don't know. There's not a lot to like here.
1: Uh I will add Joe Burrow at 6,200, second-highest over-under on the slate, and we glossed over Tannehill, but this sets up more like a Derrick Henry spot to me than a Tannehill spot. Agreed. But Cincinnati's asking Joe Burrow to drop back almost more than any other quarterback in football so far this season. We're seeing him being able to run for a little bit of yardage in some games. He's able to getting in the end zone on his feet. He has gone over 300 yards in all but two games, so five and two misses there. So, he's probably a little more expensive than we want to play on a week like this. But at the same time, comes at a discount from almost half the field of quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, and I think I think uh, thinking about it as you lay out the the case, I think you're probably right here. Um, Burrow's the guy, you know. Three weeks ago, we had a six-point game against Baltimore. But take that out, and and he's been above seventeen every start. Um, at sixty-two hundred, you know, you're hoping for for the higher game. Um, but if if seventeen is his floor, uh, I think in this week at quarterback, that's that's pretty solid.
1: Yes, and I know that Cam Newton's actually going to garner a little bit of popularity this week. But with no weapons, how inefficient he looked since he's come back from COVID. I know the Bills' defense hasn't played very well, but they're going to the Ralph. He's got nobody to throw to. If mm-hmm. they try to key out on him from running, I don't think he's going to even hit that upside, even at 5,700. Uh, if the weather is relatively clear, I kind of like Derek Carr at 5,500. He's been really good since Henry Ruggs has come back in the lineup. He's throwing further down the field, and you know he's showing a relatively high floor since week one. His low is 17, not a lot of ceiling. But I think the most popular quarterback that I can tell so far this week is fifty four hundred dollars Jimmy Garoppolo at Seattle,
0: and that's that's another very good call. I just you know I just said about Kyle Shanahan um, being able to put points up on this this tough Seattle secondary, tough Seattle defense overall. um, Even though they just picked up Carlos Dunlap, I think you're absolutely right. Garoppolo is a good play. Here's a question though. Because I, I my first inclination is to say no. Do you stack Garoppolo or do you just play him solo?
1: So I think you can this week because Debo Samuel is going to be out. And they're obviously down two of their top running backs. So I'm not really sure what their plan is if they want to just keep feeding the end of the line guys. Mostert's on IR. Tevin Coleman is on IR. Jeff Wilson, who they utilized in a big way last week, is going to be out this week. They apparently planned to rest Jarek McKinnon last week, and that didn't come out till after the game. So they they used Jermichael Hasty a little bit last week, but with Debo out, they used their rookie Brandon Ayuk quite a bit last week, and he's pretty interesting. He caught six of seven targets for 115 yards. Mm-hmm. Pretty big game there. They've given him some rushing opportunities so far this year. So I think you could stack him with Ayuk. I think you could stack him with Kittle and we know that the targets on Seattle are very solidified with DK and Tyler Lockett yeah. so i like that as a game stack and it's the uh, the late afternoon hammer
0: um, before we started recording you teased a just just awful choice at quarterback um, yeah jimmy jimmy was it yeah, okay. yeah. dude yeah. he's been awful i mean he has been awful but i i like i like the situation here and and i was scrolling down and I thought for a second that you were going to go even cheaper. And so now that, I've, now that I've, we've, we've walked halfway here. True luck? What about Sam Darnold at 4800 Oh, boy. I mean, I mean, you know, Darnold plays, Crowder plays, a little jet stack chase against, against the Chiefs. I'll see myself out.
1: No, theoretically, the approach is correct. Like, you know they're going to be throwing the whole game. Well, you know they will. Yeah. This now, is probably not the Frank Gore game. That's pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it doesn't have to make sense. We can dismiss it. It's just I, I, I didn't realize Jimmy G was your was your was your bottom rung quarterback. Um because you're right. I mean he's had a terrible, terrible um fantasy year. Um from the average standpoint, I mean, a couple of games in here have been all right. Twenty-three two weeks ago, um, you know, you'd like to see higher than the thirteen. He put up twenty week one against against the Jets. Uh, but I just I don't know. I got I got I got excited that we were gonna go. You know, we were gonna go super bargain basement hunting, and it was gonna be Sam Darnold week against the Chiefs or or Flacco week. I don't know. Oh God, maybe both. Can we jam in
1: both? Uh, can you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop at Jimmy just because I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who I should give credit to, but they took um, out of the last 10 years, the Seattle Seahawks are giving up the most plays to an opponent on average each game in the last decade. Hmm. So yeah. even if San Francisco runs the ball plenty, that still should mean a elevated number of pass attempts for Jimmy. Yeah. And if they are behind by two touchdowns and they're forced to throw, oh, I love it. But, Chalk Jimmy G, dangerous, dangerous for sure. I I see Car being pretty popular too, but the weather might shift that.
0: All right, let us go to running back, um, and and I've I've got a guy toward the bottom here, um, and which we we will get to, but we'll start at the top. You know, weather uh, factor in this New Orleans. Uh, Chicago game, Michael Thomas, maybe working his way back into the lineup, but still, uh, Alvin Kamara, 8,200. Um, I, I think, I think you gotta like it.
1: I like it. I don't love it. Last week we loved it cause they were indoors and Michael Thomas was still out. And now with the weather probably solidifies Kamara's role. I mean, he got 22 touches last week on eight targets. That's exactly what you want. But like 22 points for him is like a bad game. And he had a bad game and still got you 22. So you got to like that anytime you play a guy for that much money. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, Derrick Henry's tough to play on DraftKings. Like he could bury you with 40 points like he did two weeks ago, or he could have 15 like he did against Pittsburgh. Right. So I think this is a game that sets up very well for him. I think Tennessee should probably control this. And if they're going to give him 25 touches, and he gets two touchdowns. He's going to have a really high ceiling. It's just it's hard to stomach eight thousand dollars for a guy who doesn't catch a lot of passes.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, below that, he. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say something here. I want you to tell me what you think of it. I don't like Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook was limited today. His backup, should he sit, I like Madison at six thousand. That makes sense.
1: Is it because of the discount?
0: Yes. I mean, the, the so the, the rushing matchup, the flow, the game flow, you don't expect to be there. But the but the just matchup against Green Bay's defense is, is a good one for this Vikings running back core. I don't want to pay $7,500 for a running back there. But if Cook is out and Madison's $6,000 getting that same – Getting those same carries against that same defense, even without the flow, I like that.
1: You don't have any PTSD from the Atlanta game, because I do.
0: I mean, it's—I uh, try and forget. It doesn't always oh. work. There are some guys that are just done. But um, I just—I don't know. It's interesting to me, but that's just to, to kind of see how things develop over the next couple days with uh, with Cook's injury status.
1: All right, I want to have this conversation. We're going to jump down briefly okay. because it looks like Aaron Jones is going to miss, and it looks like Joe Mixon is going to miss. So let's say Dalvin Cook also misses. We have Jamal Williams at 6,100. We have Madison at 6K. We have Geo at 5,800. What would you rank them in terms of preference?
0: That order. Jamal 1, Madison 2, Geo 3.
1: I think that's correct as well. I would like Madison over Geo. I think I feel better about Williams because I think Green Bay is just the better team, and I feel better about his workload.
0: Yep, and they'll be up. And if that if the weather is a factor there, um, and they start relying on the ground game more, you know, it's just it, you're feeding Jamal more.
1: Yeah, and, like, Geo got there on a late touchdown last week, but we weren't seeing a lot of just, like, nothing's open, I'm going to check it down to Gio Bernard like we have in the past. Like, they were actually sending Geo on routes, mm-hmm. and he caught five of them. So, like, that's great, but at the same time, that could maybe drop to three, and I feel not so great about that at almost 6K. I'd rather play Madison. Yep. So, I just thought that was an interesting conversation to have of hypotheticals.
0: Same. Um, Hunt, you you are, a, you are a Kareem Hunt fan this week.
1: Yeah, uh, the questionable tag was there last week. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. He's basically a veteran at this point, so I wouldn't be too worried there. And again, it's like one of the remaining high over-unders, despite the total coming down a little bit. His carries and workload is solidified. No Austin Hooper, I think, is going to benefit him, that he might be utilized in the short passing game and especially if the weather impacts that that he could see 20 plus carries and then maybe the targets tick up a little bit as short passes so i know he's going to be popular which makes mm-hmm. me a little bit nervous it's just you know you got to separate who are the good plays for cash and then in terms of getting off certain ownership in tournaments he's a guy that i'm probably going to try to mitigate getting overexposed to in my tournament lineups
0: right um, jonathan taylor Clyde uh, yeah. edwards hilaire you know, both of those guys. I, I think uh, relatively the same price there. Um, I, I think you can like. I mean, they got great matchups, especially edwards hilaire um, who. Man, well, I thought
1: you were hinting at Le'Veon Bell.
0: So that is that is who I'm hinting at at the bottom. I you know so let's let's just let's just do it. Lev Bell is 4600. Um, we all know he is he is as talented um, when he's right as any other back in the league. Uh, He's a great fit. I mean, great fit for this Chiefs offense and everything Andy Reid can do. Um, Edward Hilaire is definitely the future here, but I think think Lev Bell has some upside going forward uh, the rest of this season and specifically in this game. I mean, he scored, I think, nine points last week. Um, I'm going to try and pull it up here to make sure that my numbers are accurate. Um, you know, last week, three points. He had six attempts, 39 yards, so got, got to, you know, four points there. Sorry. Um, I don't know what I was thinking about, nine. Um, but he was involved in the offense a little bit last week. I think he will get more involved this week, especially when you factor in the fact that they are playing the New York Jets, and they are playing a coach that Le'Veon Bell absolutely hates, right? Right. Gase, Bell, do not mix. They do not like each other. At least that's what all the reports suggest. I mean, that's what, you know, um, everything you hear suggests. I think this is a narrative play, but I think they do everything they can to make sure Bell gets in the end zone against Adam Gase. I think at 4,600, he is a very solid bet to score a touchdown.
1: Oh, I think he's scoring a touchdown. Like, they're 20 point favorites against his old team. Like, j- like not old team from a year or two ago. Like, <sighs> two literally. Weeks ago. Like, a few weeks ago, right? Right. And the fact that they got him in for six carries last week, I think, bode well for him getting an increased amount of work this week.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot, which isn't to say I don't also like Edwards Hilaire. I do. I mean, $6,500. If, if you're giving me one, I'm taking the discount and taking Bell. But I think you can play Edwards-Hilaire um, in, a, in a very soft matchup against the Jets. I think you can play Jonathan Taylor in, in a more uh, maybe even game against the Lions, let's say.
1: Yeah, I like Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. Uh, if not now, when? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how I'm looking at it. a fair Great point matchup. And if if it's not going to come this week, his targets are on the rise again. Caught 4-4 four, four for 55 last week. 12 attempts for 60 yards. That's good yards for carry if he gets in the end zone. Then I think we're talking about him as a great play this week. Right now, not getting a lot of buzz from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. So definitely like that. Um, I don't know. We kind of just talked about everybody else in the next range.
0: Yeah, um I will I will mention one name below that um and that is Miles Gaskin at uh 5, oh, yeah, in Tua's first start. Um I, I think I think he's a he's a very very good play. They they know they gotta take some pressure off of him, um, especially against Aaron Donald. So it's not a great matchup, but I just I just like the game
1: situation here. Oh, I don't care about the matchup. My man is a workhorse. Like, it, it looked sketchy earlier on in the season. You know, he went up to 22 carries in week three and then dropped to 10 against Seattle. But then since then, 16 and 18 touches on the ground, four and five targets in the passing game. And like you said, with Tua, I think the checkdowns will be there, especially if they put him on the run, which they will because Aaron Donald is a monster. Mm-hmm. So for 5200 bucks, and you're looking at 20, 25 touches for this guy, yes. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want for that cheap?
0: Yeah. Um, the only guy cheaper um, that would interest me is J- is Joshua Kelly with the with the Chargers. Um, put up a ten point game last week at at more expensive fifty one hundred. So um, underneath that, I uh, I, I like uh, underneath Gaskin. Excuse me, I like Kelly, and that's that's where I tap out on the running back market.
1: I am nervous about the Chargers because it was Justin Jackson, and then you're right, Kelly had the better workload last week. It's hard to gauge if you've got a feel for it, by all means. I have one guy that's kind of an if-and-then type of situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Carson is questionable. Carlos Hyde is the backup. He's questionable. Travis Homer is that backup. He's questionable. DJ Dallas is minimum-priced $4,000. It's very interesting. Don't DJ. look at the box scores. You are literally just saying, okay, it's the Seahawks. And they love to utilize the running backs one way or another. And if he's like one of the only guys left, he's going to come into play.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like it. DJ Dallas week.
1: Woo. I'm the ones and twos, man.
0: Uh, wide receiver. A lot of names here. Um, obviously, as we talked about, watch the weather affected. You know, thing, things are being affected by the weather. Um, but, and and that, that makes it hard because my two favorite plays in the board, and there are obviously guys in between that you like, but we're we're Adams, as expensive as he is, we're at that point. You can always Devontae Adams. Uh, in three games when he's been fully healthy, 16, 10, and 17 targets. Like That's where Aaron Rodgers goes with the ball. So you can always play him. Um, and I, I really like Jefferson uh, on the other side of the field there. I guess Thielen, too, but I was going to take that $700 discount and go to – Go to Jefferson and some game flow here. 43-5, 17-34. Those are his points in the last four weeks. Um, so you got you got to monitor the weather in between there.
1: Yeah, don't overreact yet because, I mean, Devontae just dog-walked the Vikings in week one. I mean, 14 of 17 targets for 156 yards, two touchdowns, good for 45 DraftKings points. I don't care how much he is, but let's say you don't play him, well, the next most expensive cheaper wide receiver is thirteen hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. So the roster construction alone gets different when you just don't play him. Yep. So yep. it's interesting. Obviously, if the weather looks good enough, take your shots. Always. Totally on board with that. Um I like both Seattle guys. I think I'm gonna give the edge to Tyler Lockett again. Yeah, but I th- and he's gonna be a great tournament play.
0: Yeah, I I think I, I wanted to ask like where where are we with these guys? Are we at the point now? I mean, DK is more expensive, um, and it, it's hard to say this given that Tyler Lockett just had a fifty-six point game. But is it is it that you know Lockett's floor is always so much higher, but Metcalf's ceiling can be higher game to game? Again, I mean, Lockett just had a fifty-six point game, so I I don't think that even works. But I guess we'll say Tyler Lockett has the higher floor of the two of them pretty consistently
1: yeah in terms of volume yes like we've seen the spike weeks from tyler lockett so far this year but at the same time dk is really an all-or-nothing type of guy and has been for his entire career so far and even when he got 11 targets against minnesota He only caught six of them for 93 yards, and yes, two of them were touchdowns. Yeah. So he's really living off of big plays and touchdowns on limited amounts of volume. Lockett traditionally is like, all right, he might get me nine catches for 110 yards.
0: Yeah. And
1: you would like that. But now all of a sudden he has multiple multi-touchdown games. So, I
0: like them both. I'm going to play
1: them
0: both this week, but I like Lockham more. Yep, agreed. 90 type of Agreed. No, it, <laughs> it absolutely does. Um, below that, A.J. Brown's interesting to me. Um, 21, 23, and 30 in, in his last three. Um, but I, I don't I don't love the matchup against Cincinnati. I, I don't think this is a, you know, ceiling game for A.J. Brown just, just because I, I – I don't like like you said. This is more a Derrick Henry game um, in this spot. Diggs Hill, eh, eh? Kenny Galladay though, very interesting to me at sixty six hundred.
1: Remember when I liked Kenny Galladay and we were calling him Baby Tron like yeah. before he played an NFL game? Yep, that was cool. You have fun now. <laughs> Uh to touch on AJ Brown quickly, I yeah. think I would play him with Tannehill only. And that if Brown's gonna have a big game, then we think Tannehill will probably end up end up having a big game there mm-hmm. and then bring it back with Cincinnati. Same thing with Tyreek. I'd play him with Mahomes, not aside from him. Yep. But Galladay, he's a guy you can play by himself. Right. Absolutely.
0: Uh who else in here?
1: Um, I like Adam Thielen, who is 7,200. I'm with you that it does seem that Justin Jefferson seems like the more dynamic wide receiver, just has the higher upside. Maybe not the floor that Thielen has, but even with the price increase, you got to like him as long as the weather cooperates. And as long as the COVID cooperates, how do you not like the targets and the floor-ceiling combo of $6,200 Keenan Allen?
0: I mean, it's it's incredible. When he's healthy – the guy just eats targets. In his in his last four games, in which he's been healthy, he's gone double digits uh, in targets in each of those games. Um, you, you just he's he's the guy. He's getting all the passes. Uh, you you gotta like Keenan Allen.
1: Yeah, and I was listening to a podcast make a good point that because Herbert is stretching the field so much more with Mike Williams and Darius Guyton, that it's leaving the middle of the field much more wide open for specifically Keenan Allen, since Hunter Henry isn't really doing a whole lot of anything. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing these huge spike weeks of targets that it doesn't really seem like a fluke just based on how this offense is moving because they're just flying these guys down the field, which leaves the underneath routes wide open for Keenan Allen. Right, And then if he gets in any type of space, he can still really rack up some yardage. So Absolutely he seems underpriced based on his role because he's been around this area for a while and the targets are still in a huge amount. Yep. Um
0: Hollywood Brown? Yeah. Yeah, 6100 uh you know, on paper against a uh uh Pittsburgh secondary that's giving up points to fantasy receivers. Um and and in a game that, you know, I don't I don't know what to make of it. You know, this isn't this isn't the, the Steelers Ravens games of, of like, this isn't, this isn't you know what, this isn't, this isn't your James Harrison Ra- Steelers Ravens games anymore. But, I mean, still a big, powerful game I'm excited to see, um, where I think you could see a little bit of everything. You, you could see them try and take these deep shots and maybe hit one with Marquise.
1: We've been waiting on it. Uh, they're targeting him down the field. He has the highest percentage of any receivers' team's air yards. Which means they are targeting him further down the field more than any other player, and that could lead to a big week just in one play. So, again, not anybody you feel safe and comfortable with. But if you connect on two big plays, it could ultimately have a huge ceiling attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, underneath him, I'm sure you like Crowder this week. Going I mean, to depend on. I mean, depends on quarterback.
0: In your Darnold slash Flacco stacks, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean. <laughs> Jokes aside, um, in in four games this year, he's got forty six targets. So, you know, he's he's eating targets too. I mean, his ceiling's not not nearly as high as Keenan Allen's, but but his floor's a heck of a lot higher, I think, than uh, a lot of what else you can find in his price range.
1: Agreed. Same price. I know I've already mentioned him, Brandon Ayuk, for that San Francisco Seattle game. Uh, I think he's pretty interesting. Just the ways that they utilize him. No, Odell Beckham presents an interesting opportunity for Jarvis Landry
0: for the Cleveland Browns' number one wide receiver.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: Um,
1: um, and he can throw, so there's yeah. that.
0: It becomes it becomes a question for me of of which uh, which Browns pass catcher I want. Um, in 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 many of my lineups, I will have Harrison Bryant or maybe some uh, David Njoku, Joku, um, and that will be my exposure to that passing game. But where I don't have them, um, I, Jarvis Landry makes a ton of sense.
1: Oh, he's just not very sexy. Like he just doesn't really strike you as a guy that's like, oh, he could get me thirty today.
0: Yeah, he's he's not. I mean, you know what? He's not. He's not the guy right underneath them for a hundred dollars cheaper. Deontay Johnson. Um, who in three games has gone 29, 23, and 11, and you feel like has this this remarkable chemistry with Big Ben already um, and is picking up in his own right a ton of targets when he's right. Um, So you're right about Landry, but I just think, you know, he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. And at at this price range, you got to like that.
1: Yeah, the problem with Deontay Johnson is I've played him in both the point eight and point nine weeks when he got injured in both of them and left, and he was on a lot of my money. So yeah. that is a lot of PTSD, but he comes back healthy in Week 7. He commands 15 targets and blows up for two touchdowns. That's why you were playing him the previous two games. And now that he was back in the mix, he assumed an alpha role again, Chase Claypool's usage went to nothing, and they tried to get Juju going early, but ultimately, we're still not really feeling too threatened with him either. But the matchup is not great.
0: No. Uh, anyone
1: underneath that that you like? Yes. Talk I to mean, me. in, interested in interested in? Okay, because I'm, I'm necessarily like really trying to jam. I
0: am pretty much out at this point. Um, this is, Deontay's kind of where I tapped out because there, there are those guys under seven K, uh, that I like that you can spread your money around on. Um, I didn't feel a ton of need to go lower, didn't find a ton of guys. So, so please,
1: um, just a price play, just because there's not a lot of cheap wide receiver volume that we like AJ greens, 4,500 against Tennessee, Wow! Not really got a lot of speed or burst, but they do still throw him the ball a lot. He's still very tall, so they'll probably look his way in the red zone, which is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's some gross ones, man. Like Kendrick Bourne's thirty five hundred dollars for the Niners. No Debo Samuel, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. And yeah. then Denzel Mims, who made his debut for the Jets last week, had seven targets, caught four of them. $3,200 against the Chiefs, and it's just the same type of deal. You're just hoping he gets a ton of volume and blowout time, and because he's so cheap, he allows you to pay up everywhere else. Okay. So don't love him, yep. but he's cheap. All right.
0: Uh, tight end. They're, they're making it really hard to get to Kittle. That being said, if Kittle was a wide receiver at 7K, you'd love him this week. So I, I will have some Kittle. Um you know, I'll even have some injuries at 5,800. Uh, I think you can use the same exact logic I just gave with Kittle uh, on Darren Waller at 5,600, and then below that. And, and please feel free to fill in everything I'm I'm leaving out and add to whatever you'd like. Uh, the the Browns tight ends there are, are the guys of interest to me in that price range where we normally like to play our tight ends. 3,800 for Njoku, and and below that 3,200 for Harrison Bryant, who's coming off two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, definitely like Kittle. Again, you have to – he's a spend if you play him, which is fine. It's just we typically don't like to do that, but this does seem like a game where he could hit a ceiling and he could crush the entire rest of the position. Uh, I think it's him easily over Kelsey just because – Kelsey could be out of the game by halftime. By that I mean like he just won't see very much work just like last week against Denver. Um, Tough matchup for Mark Andrews. Pittsburgh did lose Devin Bush, which could be quite a big boost for Andrews in coverage. And for $1,200 off a Kittle, that's pretty good. I like Waller more for $200 cheaper than that at Mm $5,600. But again, like deep passing would mainly say, okay, maybe Henry Ruggs is taken out of this game, not as much Darren Waller. So I like him quite a bit. Then we got to jump way down. Hunter Henry got a $400 price reduction to $4,200, so... You know, if you're not playing Keenan or if you're not playing the running game and still want a piece of that, that's a pretty fair price for a guy who does get some looks in the end zone. Johnny Smith is only forty one hundred, and he's just a cheaper piece of Tennessee that I like. If he were a wide receiver, he'd be a great play. Yeah. Same logic we just used.
0: Yep.
1: Um, could probably go back to Trey Burton this week at thirty five hundred dollars in a dome at Detroit you know, he's throwing touchdowns on the goal line. He's running in touchdowns on the goal line. Like the guy does it all. So what's not to love there. Mm-hmm. And the aforementioned Harrison Bryant, they were running him ahead of Njoku. We saw that the yep. two touchdowns are there. The connection with Baker is there. And with Noel Del- Odell Beckham now, for sure, he's probably their end zone guy. So, yep. I mean, he catches a touchdown and your money again. Totally agree. Um, defense um, you
0: know again you want to pay up for the Chiefs against the Jets Sure um, I'm just I'm never gonna get that high uh, so for me there are three the Browns have some interest to in me against the Raiders um, 2600 but you know a little bit more expensive the Titans are my play against Joe Burrow at 3K and maybe the bills at 3300. Um, but really, I, I can't see myself getting higher than the Titans.
1: The Chiefs are more expensive than Hunter Henry. <laughs> That's just funny to me. Um, I mean, like, I, could you imagine paying $4,500 for a defense? I, like, play no. they're a great play. Don't get me wrong. It's just, boy, you got to feel really confident. Otherwise, that could literally torpedo your lineup.
0: And And, I mean, and they could have a great game and only get you know, 12 points, which is not nearly enough for a defense at 4,500. Like, you play a wide receiver or a tight end at 4,500, they get you 12 points, you can walk away okay. But if I'm playing a defense at 4,500, they've got to be 18, 19, 20 points for me.
1: Yeah, and, like, you can't project that. Right.
0: Everything is so odd. You can project
1: that Darnold or Flacco will throw a lot and that could lead to turnovers and sacks and so on and so forth but boy you got to like really love the value in order to pay up for a defense for that expensive yep so yeah i'm i'm good there i mean the saints and the bills feel overpriced but you got the saints against Nick Foles you got the bills against Cam Newton with no weapons and he's just been getting obliterated back there right so Eh, uh, I like the Titans against Burrow as much as I like Burrow. They can put a lot of pressure, but Clowney might be out. But since he might be without three offensive line starters, that's no good. Yep. Green Bay against Minnesota and Kirk Cousins at 2,900. They can generate quite a bit of pressure. That's fine. Bad weather games might make for better intriguing defensive Mm -hmm. matchups. Same thing, like you said, with Cleveland. That game's going to get some weather, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, I think the Lions against Phil Rivers at 2500
0: and I don't know maybe the dolphins maybe I don't know uh you know I mean they, they they put up points though to your to your point they have put up some points i mean 15 12 3 12 i mean see they've got they've got three double digit games in their last four Now, those came against the jets a beat up san francisco team and the jaguars um so you know you're getting you're getting a little bit of of an upgrade here um or downgrade i guess in terms of matchup pulling in sean McVay and and a healthy rams team but but that's there are worse plays so you're, you're right
1: have you ever built a team and you put in your browns at 2600 and then you try to fill out your flex or your last wide receiver and you're 200 bucks short from your dream lineup yeah then you're like All right, what do we got left at the bottom of the barrel of defense? All right, we can play the Dolphins.
0: And and you can feel reasonably good about it. You're absolutely right. Absolutely.
1: It's not like you're feeling good like we felt about, like, uh, the Washington football team against Andy Dalton at 2,500 last week. Right. But it's just jamming everybody else and they might make it work. Then you feel really good. And maybe, maybe they turn Jared Goff over for a touchdown.
0: All right, let's drop the music. We're going to run it back. And just highlight our favorite plays here, and uh, and then I'll I'll throw the the teaser in at the end. Uh, we went one and one on our parlays last week. We're four and four, but you know, hey, there are worse things out there. May even uh, no no spread play this week. I'll explain why when we get there, Mr. Paulson. Your favorite plays of the week?
1: I have no idea about tournaments yet, so I'm coming at this from my my cash game perspective. And the two quarterbacks I like so far this week are Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo, trying to get in cheap, get some efficiency out of those guys. At running back, I don't really know what we're looking at with uh, with injuries yet. We're monitoring Aaron Jones. We're monitoring Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. And if any of them are out, their backup has become very interesting. Otherwise, Kareem Hunt feels a little bit too cheap for what looks like an expanded role in bad weather for Cleveland this week. And I, I guess it's Jamal Williams because I feel pretty certain that Aaron Jones is going to end up missing this game. Yep. And then Miles Gaskin at 5,200. It's just the workload for that price is outrageous. Right. At wide receiver, oh God, I can't believe I'm not going to mention Devontae Adams, but he's so expensive. He's just so expensive, Joe. I don't like Yeah.
0: Him. Yeah.
1: Uh, guys I'm focusing on at the moment Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay and Allen definitely at 6,200. Brandon Ayuk to get some exposure to that 49ers game. And then if you're trying to fit in all the studs, Denzel Mims is 3,200. You play around with that. You're going to end up finding that you like the rest of your team quite a bit. Yep. Tight ends like Kittle, obviously Waller. And then the aforementioned Harrison Bryant. And then defense, I'm trying to get away cheap. So I like the Titans at the 3K mark. And then also Cleveland 2600.
0: Uh, yep. Quarterback for me, uh, Russ Rogers. If if the weather cooperates, there um, they're expensive, but I love them. And then and then I'll second your thoughts on on Burrow and Garoppolo. Um, you're you're right about both of those. Running back again, same with Jamal. Um, provided that Aaron Jones is out, but underneath that, I really like Miles Gaskin this week a lot, and I really really like Lev Bell. At 4,600, he scores a touchdown this week. Put that on the board. Uh, wide receiver. I will mention Devontae Adams. He is insanely expensive, but if you think there's a passing game at all to be had in that game, it's going to go through him. And and the the Vikings are burnable. Uh, but I will I will bring that game back with Justin Jefferson. Uh, and then underneath that, Landry, Deontay Johnson. Those are my two guys in in the in the in that mid 5K range who I I feel really good about. Tight end, Kittle, Waller, Harrison Bryant, as you said, and Tennessee as my defense. The parlay. Green Bay, minus 5.5. The Titans, minus 5.5. The Seahawks, minus 3. And the Bucks minus, I believe it's up to now, 12. Against my Giants. Throw that in a six-point parlay. Teaser. You got the Packers plus five, the Titans—I'm sorry, the Packers plus 0.5, the Titans plus 0.5, Seattle now at two and a half, so it's plus three and a half. Ooh, love the hook. And the Bucks there minus six. There is your teaser. What loses?
1: Seattle. Maybe I like I like it a lot. I'm not saying anything, but like if I'm picking which one I think is likeliest to lose, Seattle, maybe Seattle.
0: Seattle's the one that worries me. Um, so but be, I like that a lot, let me let me just take a second here and and, and take a look. What happens
1: when I take? I, I like Seattle to bounce back this week. I'm not saying I don't like that. I'm saying if there's one that would worry me, and I had to pick one, I think it's that one. Yeah, I, otherwise. I,
0: I, I'd be much more. I'd be much worried about them coming off, coming off of the, uh, coming off of a win in that game. But they are coming off a loss. I think they're ready. Um, and I think you know it's interesting. You know let's let's do that money line, money line for the Packers, the Tech, the Titans, and the Bucks is plus one thirty six. Take the Seahawks out of it and just play a money line plus one thirty six just a little insurance parlay. Boom. There's there's the place. We got two of them this week.
1: I love I it. I like it. And uh, I, I will it. say if we were allowed to bet props on DraftKings this week, we've both mentioned it. Le'Veon Bell to score a touchdown. I don't really know what the odds would look like, but that seems like a bet that I would actually make. That is not related to daily fantasy.
0: I 100% uh, agree with you, and and if if we could, I, I would make that bet, one hundred percent, because I, 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 they're going to jam it. So, mm-hmm. Lev Bell, it's it's Lev Bell week here in the Shoe Money podcast, kids, and as
1: always, only gamble if you lose.